0: Welcome to Preaching for the Long Haul, a podcast where we help you shape a vision for preaching for a lifetime. My name is Solomon Walshkoe.
1: And I'm Jake Bauer, and we'll be your hosts. We have been absent for a few weeks, if that has not already been apparent to you, our listeners. Um, but we think that the reason that we've been absent is pretty awesome. So, Solomon, what, why have we been uh, not, uh, not doing the episodes for a few weeks now? <laughs>
0: Well, uh, I appreciate you asking, Jake. Um, I actually got married last month, Uh, Yes, you did. (laughs) Woo, yes, all good.
1: Congratulations,
0: man. Which you were actually there for, Jake, which I super appreciate. Um, But yeah, I got married uh, last month and the wedding, was awesome the bachelor party was awesome having all the family and friends in town was super fun and we went out to Seattle for about a week and a half um and had our honeymoon up there and then are now just settling back into our apartment and um living back here again in Chicago and working our jobs and serving the church so that's but that, so that's why we've been on a break but we're I'm I'm super excited and I'm and I know Jake's super excited to to get started back on our podcast and so um we appreciate you bearing with us but we're super excited to to start up the podcast again
1: yeah we've missed recording we've missed talking about preaching together but man so excited for this next season of life for you solomon um excited for you and your wife and celebrating you was amazing so we're um yeah i mean what a what an amazing blessing that that you get to be with the wife now um yeah <laughs> with that yeah yeah with that being said um we are excited to get back into talking about preaching and we have an awesome topic today and we're really looking forward to kind of working through it because it's really relevant to us right now both in our context of ministry and of life we're going to be talking a little bit about learning to preach in the local church and this is going to be a discussion kind of asking a lot of basic questions about what it means to be pastoral in our preaching and how, how that changes, how different contexts change the way we preach, different audiences change the way we preach. But Solomon, where where did this uh, topic come out of? Why are, why are we wanting to talk about this?
0: Yeah, this actually, um, talking about the wedding actually, uh, with me, you, and um, one of my other grooms, I and mean, we were actually having a conversation um, our friend our friend antoine and he was we were kind of talking about um preaching and his relationship with his pastors and i mean um he's not in vocational ministry has no formal training Is um, works a full-time job as a student and just goes to church and grew up going to church and we're kind of asking him questions about preaching and his relationship with preaching and um, one of the things that he he brought out is that as a lay person, um, as just a normal person who goes to church, typically the questions that are, that, like lay people aren't asking necessarily what they think their relationship with preaching is, or maybe even asking some of the questions we would having gone to school and studying preaching. But something that he said that was really important to him when he thought about his pastors, when about preaching, is that whether or not he feels like his pastor has loved him. Mm-hmm. And, and to know that, well, I can actually receive this message well, because I know that my pastor loves me and that he wants to be growing me to look more like Jesus, not just when he's preaching, but even afterwards. Um, and so, and I think even part of this, uh, Jake, we've been having some conversations recently too, even just about how now that, I mean, you even just transitioning into a new ministry role at of church, um, how even that has been starting to affect the way that you've been thinking about preaching and even feeling the gravity of your role, not even just as a preacher, but now as a minister of the gospel in a local church.
1: Yeah, it's especially relevant for me to be thinking about this topic today. Because a few weeks ago, Solomon and I are talking, and I, I for, for those who aren't aware, um, who are listening in, I was hired at a church in Boulder, Colorado, Calvary Bible Church, as the middle school youth coordinator. So basically, a youth pastor role for the middle school ministry. And um, going from preaching to college students and adults to middle schoolers, has been a very, very um, difficult and fascinating and fun transition, filled with lots of different questions and uh, not a lot of answers so far. So I've been thinking a lot yeah. about context and preaching and what it what it means to to be doing that. So I'm I'm pumped to um, talk about this today because I think it actually is going to be. Uh, helpful for me in everyday ministry life right now
0: yeah well I guess I guess one of the first questions then Drake is uh, what makes preaching pastor or how is how is preaching in your local church setting different um, than a classroom, or in the classroom or preaching the classroom or or how is preaching different than a classroom lecture
1: yeah what makes preaching pastoral? And so I, I like talking about this because I think I'm trying to answer this question right now. So, <laughs> we, Solomon and I were talking even before this episode. We were like, well, I think this is going to be a, a a time of a lot of questions being brought up and processing through the questions rather than just giving answers. Um, which is, so, this podcast
0: yeah, is if you didn't which what this
1: podcast is? Which is what this podcast is. I can't think of anywhere I would rather have questions than here. Uh, um, so in terms of what makes preaching pastoral, and, and here's where I'm sitting with it right now, um, I remember Brian Chappell quoting, uh, I want to say John Stott, but I don't think it is John Stott, I don't remember, it's one of the older preaching textbooks that's standard, for preachers out there who are listening to this, you're probably going to cringe when I quote this, because you're going to be like, oh, it's this person, and you're going to know, but off the top of my head, I don't remember, it's a John, um, and I, I just remember Brian Chappell quoting uh, someone. And the quote was that he says whenever he thinks about preparing his sermons, he thinks of specific faces within his congregation as he's preparing the application steps. Um, So he, he sits down, he has an empty chair across from him, and as he's processing through his topic or his message, he thinks of specific people who he knows. And he says, what does this person need to hear in relation to this topic? How is this application super relevant to them Um, and so that's where I start and what makes preaching pastoral is that beyond an academic exercise beyond an exercise of your own personal studies in the scripture beyond an exercise of just um, even studying something to teach it and explain what it means you are particularly applying the truths of scripture to people in ways that you hope will uh, specifically touch parts of their lives and I think I think that's a big part of what makes preaching pastoral is actually, uh, I, I I think, um, I, I can't remember if Professor Rodriguez said this in one of our last episodes where he would talk about Martin Luther King Jr. saying, or he would, he would be preaching and people in the audience would be telling him, bring it high or bring it low, basically saying, yes. bring it to the audience or bring it more abstractly. Um, and... That is a really pastoral element of preaching is that we don't preach over people's heads. We seek to preach to the people sitting in their seats. It's not, we don't just sit yeah. in a room and absentmindedly create this abstract sermon that's for no one in particular. We actually prepare yeah. um, a meal for people who who you know their taste. You know what they, they need to feed on that week. Um, yeah. Which is, which is really interesting when I think about middle schoolers because you actually have to, you have to die to self when you think about an age that's that much younger um, and, and you're trying to come up with application. You're like, well, I'm not dealing with the same things middle schoolers are dealing with. So that means I actually have to get to know these students to understand yeah. way they think and the things they struggle through, which means yeah. that preaching can't be just an isolated activity that, that happens in, in your own mind. Um, do you have any yeah. thoughts on this, Solomon?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, just from what you're saying, um, I mean, we're kind of jumping into a lot of the other questions we even have for for the episode today. But I think just even, I think you're, I think the people know. Like when their pastors, when their pastors are preaching sermons, and their shepherds don't smell like sheep. Hmm. Um, like I think we know. When we sat underneath preaching, underneath pastors and underneath leaders, who don't really, who don't really want anything to to do with us or to do with the people, and because they, it's they're not talking to you, Um, and so I think I think a lot of the things that you're saying is like, but preaching is is almost this inherently pastoral act, this this pastoral event where, I mean, when we look at the people in the New Testament who were given the task of preaching, it was the pastors. Um, Yeah. And I think, um, I think that's where I think even we're having to undo a little bit now from even from what we learned in, in school is that we aren't just trying to preach these great sermons that are these great technical sermons. Right. And we're like now having to realize like, oh, like we're talking to people. Um, and like these people have their own lives and their own fears and their own desires. Um, and, and it needs to be shaping the way that we're preaching. Otherwise, yeah, I, I think otherwise, I think that's where we can find ourselves really struggling that we feel like we can be preaching these great sermons, connecting, and I think that's oftentimes some of the things that we. I mean, I don't know about you, Jake, but I I feel like oftentimes I've even found myself struggling, or there's this level of humility, having to be like, I don't get to preach the kind of sermon that I want to, at least the way that I, like, at least the way that I thought I wanted to when I was in school. And now that I'm preaching in a like in a specific congregation, but yeah. I mean, I think that I think that like. It shows a level of pride that still is in our hearts that makes you preaching about us rather than the people that we're preaching to. Yeah,
1: yeah. As soon as we divorce the audience from our sermon preparation, there's a real problem. It's a felt problem. And that, I mean, and that, it becomes complex because you go, oh, well, what if you're guest preaching? Or what if you're, you know, Conference preaching, or whatever. What what happens if you don't know your audience? Um, and, and and that is complex, and that's a bigger question than we have to tap into right now. But regardless, I think a rule of thumb is to actually envision your your audience in your application, in in the way that you're applying the text to everyday life and bringing out the truths of the text. How how is the ear of this person gonna hear this message. I, my first week on this job, I preached a sermon that I dug up that I preached in the past, and the first time I preached it was to um, adults. And I dug it up because I only had two days of sermon prep because I got hired and, and immediately I had to preach right off the bat, and I was told to reuse one of my old sermons. And it was interesting because I had to completely change the sermon because of the audience. Yeah. Um, if I had just preached it the way it was before, it would have gone right over their heads. And even when I changed it, I still felt as though it needed to be more simplified. And that was some of the feedback I got was I had people come up to me and say, hey, man, loved your sermon, but I think you need to dial it in and be less abstract, um, which yeah. is just a very practical example of how, if our our, our sermons are not audience-geared, they absolutely miss the mark and they fail to do what they're meant to do.
0: Right, and, and I guess to, to ask, so you just continue the conversation and to ask you, Jake, like how, how in your preaching have you found that you can actually seek to be pastoral in your preaching? Or um, one of the other, even tying it back to what in our conversation with Antoine is like how how important is it that we love the people that we preach to, and how does that actually flesh itself out in our preaching? Um, or like how? Or how have you thought to do that as you as you wrestled through these things?
1: Yeah, that's a really really good question. Um, a few things come to my mind, and the first one is that I think one thing I'm experiencing is that it doesn't matter how good my content is with middle schoolers mm-hmm. in particular. I, I, I throw out a reminder that my context right now is middle school. Um, it doesn't matter how true or good my content is if I am not able to retain their attention. <laughs> mm-hmm. If if uh, if I if I'm not giving them enough relief from the density of the content, enough relief with stories and illustrations and, and even just change in tone, change in voice, enough eye contact, I lose them so quickly. Um, hmm. And that's not hmm. super surprising to anyone out there who's worked with middle schoolers. Right. But, you know, I, I, I can't have the expectation that I have on high schoolers or on college students or on adults that they want to listen and that their, their default is listening until I've gotten boring. Um, even, when I'm, even when I feel like I'm not necessarily preaching a boring part of a sermon and I'm preaching right. something important, middle schoolers' default is to tune me out. They will only listen right. when I'm gripping their attention very, very intentionally. Um, and so in terms of how do I make my preaching pastoral, I have to actually put some of my own preaching structural convictions into check with reality. And that means, again, a sort of dying to self in terms of I learned the ideal way to preach a sermon. I'm not typically heavy on illustrations or stories or personal stories or anything like that. That's not the natural way that I would lead. But... If I'm going to make my preaching pastoral at all, if I'm going to be pastoral, and I'm going to love these students, and, I mean, if I walk out of a youth group night after preaching a sermon to middle schoolers, and it didn't make sense to any of them, I have absolutely failed. Um, I've I've failed to be pastoral. I've failed to be loving to those students. I've failed to preach a sermon that was for them. I've preached it for me um, or for an audience that doesn't exist, and therefore haven't loved them properly. Yeah. And so when I, when I think about preaching a sermon to, to middle schoolers, I've got to be really careful to illustrate things and speak to their minds with visuals and stories and things that they will remember and be able to retain and digest rather than staying abstract, um, if that makes sense. And, and I actually yes. ask you the same question, Solomon, because you're, you're preaching context right now. You, you've got multiple preaching contexts, and I'm curious how you'll, how you seek to be pastoral to your church plant, which is usually a small group of people you're preaching to who you all know very well, very different yeah. Yeah. Um, Very different environment to be pastoral in, or you're preaching in front of 85 people to 200 people, somewhere in that range, in a Vietnamese church um, yeah. that that you're not necessarily connected with outside of the Sunday service because they're they're far enough away from you and, and this is a church you got connected with through alternative means. So how do you seek to make your preaching pastoral in these contexts?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think... I, I'm actually gonna also start to answer uh, one of the other questions that we have done too. If, of how has preaching, um, like actually doing preaching now in church context, challenge um, a lot of the ideals that I've come into right out of school. Because um, I think I think that's what preaching in in this little tiny church plant. I mean, I preached literally yesterday, um, and it was uh, just the nature of summers. if a lot of people are traveling and kind of out of town and. Um, and we're, not in, we're in our pre-launch stage, so we're not even officially launched to the public yet. And so yesterday, it was five of us. Um, and so I'm literally one of five people in a room where now I get to preach a sermon. I mean, that's smaller than most <laughs> church small groups. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, I'm really challenged to just have to really believe that what I'm doing is still proclamation of the Word of God um, mm. in that moment, and that through the preaching of god's word that he will build his church um, but but that kind of belief and that kind of understanding what preaching is in that moment yesterday I mean I was having to tell myself that, but it had but it but it had to, it, was in, it had to look tangible, like in that moment, like, like Jesus building his church. In that moment, was me preaching to the four people right in front of me. Yeah, um, which in a lot of ways is, um, is so humbling. But also, I mean, what we're doing is no less. I mean, to believe in that moment that what I'm doing is no less preaching um, than if I were to do it to hundreds of people. Um, and so in that sense, like, then my, I mean, my application is so direct because it's like I am leading a small group in that sense. Like it's like leading a small group conversation with some of like your close friends. Um, and so in that sense, application actually feels a little bit easier. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Because, because you know each person and you know what they're struggling with and you know, um, what they're trying to do in their life right now, and you know the season tr- of transition that they're in, or the things that are causing them hardship, um, or the things that they're celebrating in their life, and the things, or the things that they're tempted to—not just in a general way that oh, young people are generally tempted to success or 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 to shape this image of themselves or money or whatever—but to be like no, like this is what. My friend is specifically is struggling with right now. This is how the word God applies to them. This is what God wants to say to that situation right now. And in some of those situations um, that normally you would only ever be able to do that in a one-on-one over coffee, in a church that small, like really being able to allow God to speak to them in that moment.
1: Wow, they better have their ears open during that time because that is—you <laughs> I mean, can't leave that service <laughs> without being convicted.
0: <laughs> you can just call out
1: their names at that point. I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, I mean, really, I think I—I I almost did, but I—I I think I refrained because I was a little nervous to do it. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't blame you on that one.
0: <laughs> you wouldn't be the first, though. You wouldn't be the first. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, so in that sense, like it's, but yeah, but like it's like a different kind of love to be able to preach to people like that, where now it's not just like, you're not just preaching out of your love for the word or my love for understanding God's word and for the exegesis and for um, just understanding the word of God, So I do love those things, I think, but in that setting, especially, or even in the, the Vietnamese Church, learning to build relationships with these people that the Word of God actually wants to apply itself to these people specifically and and that it's my realizing that it's my job um as a preacher to actually do it, um, yeah
1: yeah, that's so good yeah. that's such an interesting interesting poll on I I haven't thought about the privilege of preaching to six people to five people because that is that feels less glorious Uh, in our our flesh when you think about preparing a sermon for that many people you're like oh but I won't have as many eyes on me I won't have as much capacity to to um, carry the authority that I could carry if there were more people watching if there was different people watching who didn't know me but you're I mean that's such a good way to think about Preaching in the local church context is this is I love what you said this is the word of God uh furthering the church right now. This is a moment where the church is being um renewed and furthered through the Word of God, even with these five people. that's an incredible model for preaching um, and and I'm curious solomon um how does how does preaching um or how i should say what are your most prominent convictions about preaching? What are are your convictions about preaching right now that that may be challenged in your context or or, um, as you transfer different uh, audiences for preaching, but what are the convictions you have about preaching that you bring with you to every single sermon that you hope to bring with you to every single sermon for the rest of your life?
0: Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Rick. And, and I just want to give a little bit of context too, to this question as we ask it, um, especially for our listeners. That we we ask, we're asking this question right now because this because our podcast is preaching for the long haul. And Jake and I, as two young men called into ministry, and now serving in different local church contexts. We know that our vision for preaching is being shaped and that and constantly and that that will be the the kind of preaching the kind of convictions we carry with us for the rest of our lives we understand that this is the beginning the very beginning of our vision for preaching being shaped for the rest of our lives and the rest of our ministry um but that i think i think we can even ask this question because i mean i think for both jake and i i think we have heroes that both um that we can read who are now dead or who are at the end of the ministry i mean, I think both of us love uh, the ministry of john piper and to be so encouraged by men like this to, to even hear them speak to young men and to say this is what i believe about preaching that and or and that we as young men can take hold of these things from not just from what we've concluded but from what we've heard um and it's been encouraged and exhorted by older pastors to actually grab onto these things now that while well, we're young,
1: yeah,
0: and hopefully that's at the end of our ministry that these things will have shaped um, shaped the the ways that we serve and pastor and preach in our churches um, but so part of those things is kind of what I even said earlier, is I think Jake and I i mean I mean you can totally feel free to answer this too but i but I mean, I think both of us would share this conviction that the preaching of God's word is one of the yeah. primary means by which God will build His church. Um, yep. That, that through the preaching of God's word in the, in the gathering of the saints, that it is there that God comes to meet and speak to His people in a particular and unique way that happens nowhere else. Um, and that he's given that task to the to the shepherds, to the to the elders, and to the overseers, um, to to continue to guard the sheep and to protect them and to feed them. Like when John, when 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 at the end of John, when um, Jesus is restoring Peter to ministry, he continues to tell Peter three times to feed the sheep, to feed the lambs, um, and that I. That I think we see in the, the scriptures, that one of the primary ways in which Christians will be built up in their sanctification and will be prepared one day to meet Jesus is by sitting underneath the preaching of God's word. Um, okay. That's a hard conviction to continue to hold, I think, I mean, I think even now, because just doing a little bit, just like seeing the tip of the iceberg of beginning to preach in the local church and to feel like, is my sermon even doing anything? <laughs> um, but to still to continue to believe that it is in the preaching of God's word that God will speak to his people. The last, this is the last thing I'll say about it is that as far as as a preacher that I am faithful to stick to the word of God, the words that come out of my mouth are the very words of God. And I don't mean that to say that in an arrogant or prideful way, but I think that actually at my, on our best days, should, Remind us of the weightiness of the task of preaching the word of God to to whoever to the church uh, to the church especially because the church is his bride. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so I think these are those are the things that I think I I would love to continue to hold on to, and that I hope would encourage me um, in the seasons where it's I'm questioning whether or not what I'm doing is even worth it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Those are such good things. A few. You few comments to even solidify more of what you're saying, Saul, Um, because, you know, we say those things and then it's so easy to discouraged and go, what is the point of this sermon? But I bet any pastor who listens to this who's been preaching, any preacher who's been listening to this or who can listen to this and, and has preached multiple times has most likely had the experience where someone has come up to you after your sermon and spoken to you about how that sermon hit them in a way that was unique and they felt the presence of God through it. Um, <clears throat> and if you preach long enough, you'll have that experience. I, I can almost guarantee that that will be your experience. And what's interesting about even that is um, I, I have had that occasions like that happen with people who haven't been receptive to me before that. Um, who don't necessarily who who aren't Christians or maybe wouldn't wouldn't hear advice or wouldn't hear something that I would say to them, and then listen to a sermon um, of mine or somebody else's and and are moved by it, um, and and that's like such a because I I think what I'm trying to say here is that our experience with preaching matches up with these convictions that it's not these aren't just convictions yeah. that are ideal or are abstract where we say we really think preaching is god's word but it's actually we, we've experienced and watched and are going to continue to watch because as solomon said we're at the beginning of our long haul of preaching um and this is why we're so excited to continue in the craft of preaching is because we're going to continue to watch as god touches people through our preaching in ways that we cannot do we, we just can't even in one-on-one conversations, we just cannot yeah. touch people in the way that preaching yeah. touches people, um, yeah. and, and that's that's why we're excited about what preaching is. That's why um, that's why we have this podcast and why we're so excited for ministries because preaching is absolutely potent in ways that are beyond human language. Um, yeah. one, one last really short story slash comment: I preached a sermon several months ago and afterwards I had a friend come up to me who I who I really trust and, and I think if he didn't, you know, he would tell me the truth about what he felt throughout the sermon or, or thought about the sermon and came up to me and he said hey man, I really, really enjoyed your sermon um, you delivered it well, all this stuff and, and kind of technical things he was saying mm-hmm. were good but then he goes but I don't really care about any of that and I was like a little um, thrown off for a second and he goes what I care about is that you preached God's word and that mm. I have a new experience of the text you preached today because you were faithful to preach God's word. Um, mm. and, it, and those kind of moments where I'm like, well, it, you know, I can deliver well. I can be funny. I can illustrate really well. I can, I can preach with passion and joy. But <laughs> what matters is that my words are in line with what the word of God says and with what, the yeah. main idea of the text is and with with what I'm the content of what I'm preaching has to be the scriptures and that if that's the case it's gonna it's gonna do its work if if my preaching yeah. is um is is in line with the word of God then it is God's word to people and and it will touch people in ways I cannot um, yeah yeah so, any any comments Solomon
0: yeah I guess the last thing that I would have to say is that um and I was gonna Ask this as a question, but I guess as because we're hitting at the end of our time here. That um, one of my closing thoughts would just be that I mean, as young men, and even for me and you, Jake, and for all the other guys that at school that we've been tra- been trained for ministry with, all the people who might be listening to this podcast um, might find encouragement in all those pastors who young pastors who might be listening to this might find encouragement in is that as young men the only hope that we have to say anything useful even when we find ourselves preaching to those who might be older than us who have more life experience than us who are most definitely Mm -hmm. wiser than us is that we preach the word of god and and i listen to hb charles um he's a pastor and preacher down in Florida. And he talks about how he was installed as a pastor, I think he was either 16 or 18 years old, I can't remember, but he, his, his father passed away and was a pastor and, and they, they called him to be the next preaching pastor of this church when he was either 16 or 18 years old. And the installation um, sermon that someone came um, from the denomination or from nearby in a nearby church, came and preached a sermon to install him as H.P. Charles as pastor, and the sermon title was, What Can That Boy Say to Me?, <laughs> and went to preach basically a whole sermon that what that boy can say to you matters if he preaches from the Word of God. Yeah, And I think that continues to ring true for us, and not even just now as young men, but all throughout our lives as we plant our flag in the word of god that we will always have something meaningful and useful to say.
1: yeah yeah takes all the credit away from us huh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as long as you're preaching <laughs> god's word it's, it's god who's moving you know i mean that's,
0: it, no. it's
1: <laughs> if it depends on our wisdom and advice those sermons are going to be short <laughs> Short and useless. <laughs> I wouldn't listen to this. I would not yeah. listen to life advice from from young guys.
0: From, us. from us. no, no, no. But do you have any no. last comments before before we close here?
1: You know, I'm. I I love talking about preaching, and I I re-emphasize once again that Solomon and I are so excited to grow. Um, and, and preaching and as we enter into ministry and and they're doing that for years, um, we both expect that our convictions of preaching and our the way we preach is going to really shift um, I hope it does oh my gosh i hope I hope we we change in our preaching <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah. even as we sit here now um, we're we're really excited to go on this journey with with you guys as listeners and with each other, of um, coming into our preaching and uh, having confidence that this task is um, divinely guided, divinely orchestrated, um, and and blessed by the Lord, um, and therefore Mm -hmm. a way that people can actually know Him better. We're we're just excited to see people come to know Jesus Christ and to love Jesus Christ more through the Word of God. So that's, that's our heart for preaching, and we're really thankful for you guys listening.
0: Yeah, and I think you know we've learned just in re- this, these last few months that preaching in the local church is a humbling task, you know, high task. Mm-hmm. And preaching in the church that we belong to as members is one of the highest privileges that we'll ever have, um, this side of eternity. And so there's so much more that could be said, Jake, but I've loved this conversation with you, and so I appreciate um, this. Yeah, always be going to have these conversations with you and we thank you listeners this has been preaching for the long haul a podcast where we hope to shake a vision for preaching for a lifetime